All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 255 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board. Today, our panel consists of 69th Blizzard Ken... Hello. St. Louis Kiss Lonnie. And the mighty Alm Marcus Almighty. <laughs> Mark. Greetings, sir. How are you? I'm How good. are you guys doing? I'm good. good. It's uh, just time to dig into some more, I guess, general Kiss topics. We're going to be working up a few kind of thematic shows coming up in the next couple of months because there's a lot going on that needs to be done a little bit more in depth. But for the time being, you know, I think it's more fun just to dig in to some of the kind of the board topics or the general stuff that our fellow KISS fans are talking about and just see if we have anything to add to the conversation. And if not, we'll help you fall asleep. So when you start snoring, you're welcome. Um, this show should be up in time for, don't forget, tonight, Thursday, the 11th. What is it, 8 p.m. Eastern Time? We'll be streaming a special multicam unreleased Hot in the Shade tour video on Facebook. You can find the link for that on the FAQ. And if you're watching this after that, well, you've missed it. I'm sorry. Um, it's uh, just going to be the one broadcast. It's not something that we want to have shared. That's just uh, the terms of it being shown. But uh, people who are able to see it will get uh, you know, maybe a glimpse of something that they haven't seen. And if it's not interesting, then all you lost was bandwidth. So don't use it on your phone. All right. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, I got some mail yesterday, and I'm a loser. And I'm going to prove it. It <laughs> I bought it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I bought the Vinnie Vincent. Um, where is it? VVLostConcerts.com. Okay. Yeah, Vinnie signed. LostConcerts.com. LostConcerts. That's as close <laughs> as he's getting to hitting the That's stage is one of these. It, you know what? It's actually pretty thin paper, but I don't care. I booked a flight and a hotel and bought tickets to the Graceland show. That didn't happen. And when the artwork came out for it, I said, hey, that would be really cool to buy. And that's ultimately all I ended up with from this Vinnie Vincent experience is a poster from the non-existent event. So I'm going to hang it next to my Dillon Stadium and my Elder Tour posters. Um, because it's about as valid as those. Actually, it, you know, again, I like the artwork. And since I've uh, got the really cool Ace Freely one that... Good friend oh, yeah. from Australia, James, brought me. Um, and the, the Gene Simmons one, which he also brought me yeah. this year when we nice. when we met up in L.A. for the show. Um, you know, it'll be up there with that. So it is what it is. Laugh if you wish. I'm just going to play I Want to Be Your Victim in the background while I hang this up on the wall. So <laughs> nice. that's that. I have anyone bought any Kiss stuff this week? Anything of interest that you've added into your collections? Funkos. I, I got something. Oh yeah, good. What? I, I got well in the mail. I got the the poster, the book, the Phantasm. Oh nice, that looks good. Issue number two. Um, it has you know, obviously it says what, six giant pullout posters. I haven't pulled them out. Uh, I probably will pull them out. And look at look at them. Yeah, um, why not? You know, why not? Right. I'm not 
that worried about it. I'm well, you you that. bought two, didn't you? One to actually open and one no, to leave no, mint and package. <laughs> You're not a real Kiss fan. They have like I forget how many covers they have of this. It's something like four or more. It says on the huh. back of the issue. Oh, not maybe not there. Somewhere it's advertising. Oh, there's six variants. So there's your variants in the back there. These Collect covers. Them. Collect them all. I'm <laughs> not. Yeah, I'm not collecting them all. I'm just getting the one. I like. I like this classic picture. That's why I decided to do that. The backside has a, a live nice. shot poster or whatever, and uh, it has some good little. You know, articles, first album, about the first oh. album, about Kiss Alive. It's one about Dynasty. Who and wrote the articles? That's what I always like to different, know. Different people. Uh, Brian Stewart, Chris Alexander. Oh, we got else. Another Brian Stewart. Uh, again, Brian Stewart. He did a lot. Brian Stewart, Brian Stewart. Yeah, he's, he's a busy writer, man. Good. Justin uh, Justin Bean uh, did one. Oh, Beamsy, yeah. Comic <laughs> Legacy. <laughs> and, yeah, another Brian Stewart. So, yeah, it's mostly the one guy, but uh, it's they're, they're, they're good. They're good, and it's a nice little magazine, glossy cover. It's not cheapo or anything. comes with, you get a couple little... Uh, baseball cards collector cards cool. with it too so it's good so i have the first issue and this is the second issue <laughs> nice you know i don't collect everything but it's I, I like it it's pretty cool did you order the ace one uh no i did not order the ace one well, it's about to ship, so now you can order it, and you won't have been waiting 14 months for it. So. <laughs> that's that's true. I could still order it. I'm gonna. I'm kind of on the fence. Uh, if so, if someone shows what's in it, I might, uh, <coughs> you know, decide to buy it. So. Well, I'm tempted just because there aren't that many bits of Ace specific merchandise out there. So there we go. Cool. I, I did get a couple of things too, but the problem is I totally forgot that we do this segment because I haven't been on this show for so long. Uh, but <laughs> but but the but the funny thing is that it's uh it, one of them is from our good friend Mr. Keenan. He me and him went oh. through a little uh, exchange trade, and I got the uh, colored vinyl solo uh, record set from him because he uh, had an extra one that he uh, wasn't in pristine condition and you know me i don't care about pristine condition so uh i got it off of him and i'm very happy and thank you again ken for hooking me up with that You're and uh, i also got a i'm on this french pressings kick so i got a french pressing of dynasty and a french pressing of i believe mm. it was unmasked oh one of the other ones and i also got a seven inch single of uh, a french seven inch single of magic touch so i'm on some sort of French kick thing for some reason. But thank you again, Ken, for the albums. It's oh, really cool. I got you deserve I got it. everything. I got the uh you know, he gave he gave me everything in it. The the pictures and the you know the the vinyl mat there thingy, right? Everything. So thanks again, man. I was really, really happy with that. So have you opened have you looked at these records just to make sure that he didn't swap out the colored vinyl for copies of Destroyer yeah, they're and the original, Elder? Yeah, they're, they're all destroyer. They're all, all destroyer. Variations. Yeah, four variations Black of vinyl. destroyer. 
that, that yeah, would have been funny. I, I, yeah, that would have been funny, actually. <laughs> uh, think about that. Then put in, in another little behind it. I could have put this other little wrapped up thing, which would have had the color ones. But to, so just to you. tell you how, how cool a guy Ken is, though, too, besides that, he sent me a bunch of other records on top of it that I didn't have at all in my collection. Some of them are pretty cool, like American pressings of, like, you know, Deep Purple records and stuff like that. So thanks, Ken. I really appreciated well, that. That's cool. Lonnie, you obviously only have a beer, but uh, have you bought any <laughs> Kiss-related books um, lately? I got, I, got the, I got the Peter Chris uh, 2014 reissue this week. Came in the mail oh, on nice. Monday. So I'm trying to round out my 2014 reissue still. And I got Peter Chris at a good price. It's one of the more rarer ones out there. And I got it at a good price. And I'm actually, I'm opening my 2014 reissues to play those. Because I don't like playing my original ones that are 40 plus years old. Just because I don't like taking them in and out of the sleeves all the time and opening them up. So I'm trying to round out those 2014 reissues because those are the ones that I play. So It sounds good. And they, yeah, they sound great. And I was opening it up, and I was like, oh, and, you know, showing it off my wife. She's like, you know, really into this. And it's like, oh, here's the poster, you know, and here's, you know, the Peter Chris hands a slip sheet, you know, that comes with it. It's the only one that came with the slip sheet, you know. And I'm like, I'm like, where's the order form? There are all the order forms in here. And she's like, she's like, what? I go, well, they originally came with like order forms. You could order, you know, merchandise from, you know, each each album. She's like, because Kiss fans would have tried to order it again 40 years later. Later, yes. <laughs> like, you're probably right. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so she has no respect for us whatsoever, right? That we no, are, not, not that we well, are, especially me. That we are not dense. That, that we would. <laughs> that we still call the phone numbers on record labels, probably. <laughs> mail, yeah. mail, tearing off the mail order to mailing it in. <laughs> now, I thought the Peter LP had gone out of print and then come back in print and gone out of print, so... Who knows? We're still yeah. So. Well, cool. Glad you added that. All right. Uh, talking about Peter, that's some good news, actually. Uh, Peter's announced uh, his appearance at the New Jersey Horror Convention October the 12th and 13th of this year. So you can go and see Peter and, uh, you know, look at the thread on the FAQ. Um, everyone always raves about these experiences of going to see Peter and get stuff signed. Um, there are a couple things he doesn't like to sign, so make sure you're aware of those before you go. It doesn't need to be a big deal. Uh, you can buy drum heads from him there, and uh, I think the proceeds go to charity. And, you know, always a good blast. And also about Peter, last night he was at the Rob Zombie show. I have no idea where. Uh, but some great photos of him with the band have been circulating. And he brought John Five a birthday present. Uh, his uh, Canadian gold record for his solo album from 1978 cool. for sales oh. of, uh, I think, 50,000 copies in Canada for gold, and yeah. also a 1975 Kiss ticket stub. So really right. cool. The Catman, you know, God bless him. He just, uh, you know, continues to be, for me, the coolest original member of Kiss. He just goes out there and does fun stuff and celebrates history and doesn't get involved in the drama so that's really awesome to see him hanging with you know john five i know did some recording work with him so uh who knows you know you know rob zombie's him. a big kiss fan too yeah uh, it's not the first time he was with them there he went up on stage my, my niece goes to um university of kentucky in lexington and we went to rupp arena where the basketball team plays and there's a picture in rupp arena of rob and sherry sitting up top in the rafters in 1996 for the second show of the reunion tour. 
Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's a pretty big supporter of Kiss there. I mean, Peter Chris has been known to go to Rob Zombie shows a few times. I mean, didn't he go up and play like God of Thunder with them once on stage? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple years ago. Yep. So that's really cool. All right, let's get into a few of the quick takes from the board this week. You know, some of these little (laughs) topics that just go around, which are good for quick fire conversation. And Mark, let's start with you on this because, uh, you know, it's it's the usual, the set list, (laughs) songs that you like but are sick of seeing in the set list. What would be your top pick off the top of your head right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean... uh... Let's put it this way: most of most of the set list that they're playing are all songs that we're all familiar with, and probably could say, you know, that we're sick of pretty much all of them. I mean, I haven't been following the current tour, so I'm not sure if I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, but with any of these selections, because maybe they might have dropped something already. But um, I know I've always been kind of tired of the whole "lick it up" bit. You know, I know that's one song that I I, I wish that they would just finally give up on. You know, I mean, I'm going to be realistic. I you know. Everybody would probably say, oh, Rod, drop rock and roll night. I'm so sick of it. But, you know, they're never going to do that. That's such such a classic part of their show. They need to keep that in. Right. So but I, I think it's songs like that, like the Lick It Up, you know, and I mean, even like, uh, you know, back even before we were talking about how most of us were sick of War Machine. Now, I don't even know if they're playing that still now, but yeah, um, but those 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 would be probably might be my two top picks, Lick It Up and War Machine. Lonnie, how about you? Um, I don't mind Lick It Up being in there. I do wish they would drop the Won't Get Fooled Again um, musical instrumental that they do in the middle of it just to shorten up the song. And by doing that, maybe you could throw in another three-minute quick song like yeah. Come On and Love Me or something like that. I wish they could I wish they could do something like that. I mean, it was cool the first few times they did it with, oh, that's really cool how they incorporated that song in there. We've been doing that since what 2009, maybe? Yeah, maybe a long time, maybe 2000, something somewhere around there. It's been a long time. They've been doing it. all right, it's kind of run its course. We've been doing that a decade now at this point. You know, we, we, we've seen that, but the songs I wish they would drop are, are although it's cool on the tour right now. I don't need to hear Psycho Circus in there, although I do like the graphics that they're using. I wish they would use those graphics for more, like not those graphics, but similar type graphics with like album artwork incorporated into it for more songs than just Psycho Circus. Like they could use some kind of creatures artwork for for I Love It Loud or for War Machine or something like that. Um, but I wish, but I don't need to hear Psycho Circus in there. They, they've done that multiple times over the last few years. I could really do with them dropping that and I love it loud as well for a second one. Again, that song's been in the set list every year since the first farewell tour 19 years ago. It's kind of run its course as well. And it, it kind of just kind of seems, seems to plodge along and just, it's like, all right, I, I, I get it. So those would be my two. Well, do you know when uh, Alice Cooper hangs someone on stage or mm-hmm. some of the other bands used to decapitate, uh, blown up? You could always bring a doll of Vinny on during I Love It Loud. And wow. Hold, hold, oh, it, hold, wow. It over, 
hold it over those flames. You know, remember Paul's rants about Michael Jackson in the mid eighties? You know, yes. you know, that could be his bet. But you, you were saying that they're never going to drop rock and roll all night. Actually, there's two shows already on this tour that hasn't been performed at. One of course was shortened by lightning and thunderstorms. Oh, yeah. And the oh, other was okay. a, the, um, the Sirius XM broadcast. There was no rock and roll all night mm-hmm. that night. So that's kind of weird. Wow. Ken, what would be your picks to uh, acts from this set? Well, I I do agree with the the picks already. I mean, yeah, lick it up. Come on. Uh, Yeah, I I like the song, but like Lonnie said, that who thing is is just ridiculous at this point. They should use the original demo version, in my opinion. I think that if they did it like that, it would have been great. it always needed, to me, it always needed a solo anyway. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it's, that was always a weird thing for me. It, just, it didn't have a real <laughs> solo in there. Um, but whatever. Um, another one I was thinking of was um, Do You Love Me? Um, I, you know, I just I think they could just pick a better song to they throw did. in there. They, they, re- they replaced it with, in there. Yeah, they replaced it with Crazy Nights. Oh, that was Crazy, Crazy Nights. That's right. Well, well, yeah, I wouldn't have picked. I don't know if I would have picked Crazy Nights either. Um, that's right, they did do that, didn't they? Um, so, well, the show I saw it did not have Crazy Nights. All right, so um, the first U.S. Lo- uh, leg. Count your blessings. Um, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, but I would have went for something else. Even you know, throw a nugget, put in you know, like I want you. Or, or something like that. Something because rock and roll over still needs to be more represented than just calling Dr. Love, which they threw in late anyway. Um, throw in mm-hmm. something else. I mean, I want you or make it love. Would Ladies be a room. great one. Take yeah. me. Ladies room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking Gene songs for some huh. reason. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So. Love them, that's you know i agree with your 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 guys choices too. i mean i love it loud yeah it's been playing forever um they could switch it out here and there switch it out with unholy or something one night do something different yeah i think it's about for me it's about representing more of the band's history throughout the set um crazy crazy nights i would love to say get rid of it just because it's not one of my favorite songs live um, but it represents Bruce's era of the band and Eric That's Carr true. as well. Yeah. So I, I would feel Which guilty getting rid of it. I, I then say I want to get rid of I Was Made for Loving You, but that's Dynasty. And uh, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of tough that you yeah. having two songs from Creatures of the Night in I Love It Loud and War Machine makes War Machine an easy target for me to then say. And, of course, I, I agree with what all of you said with Lick It Up. I don't have a problem with the song as much now. It's always been one of those songs I'm like, please stop, please stop. And when I think Lonnie uh, mentioned I Want You, I was like, God, no, because that's another one of the cringeworthy songs that have just dragged on way too long. But if you, if you put I Want You in, something else in there. Yeah, they don't have to drag it on long. That's the thing. I know. But, well, I don't know. Does Paul have the he capability? Yeah, because he told he turned I Want You, which was a song I loved, into a yodeling fest of torture. Minute song. But he can't yeah. do that anymore. Right. But he can't do that anymore. Well, that's, why they can, they can and that's why they don't play. Yeah, but if they did play it, he would try to do that. So. I I, I think yeah. Lick It Up has to stay in the set because it represents that album. 
the unmasking the album, and it's important. Get rid of that long-winded middle section. Yes. I don't need to hear The Who performed by Kiss any more than I need to hear Led Zeppelin performed by Kiss. And add in another song, you know, be it Come On and Love Me or Strut or, or better yet, another song from the 80s, like Tears Are Falling, something else to yes. that most people will recognize oh, yeah. that will represent Bruce's era. And should he ever be I, able to guest, make it a guest appearance, he'd be able to play the hell out of, you know, even, you know, I, even Miss Hide Your Heart. But you know what? Overall, in terms of the four or five, four shows I've seen, I've enjoyed the set completely. And I've, you know, even though I've known what was coming yeah. each time, I've not had any complaints other than I do get bored during Lick It Up. And, you know, th there's three songs, I think, in the middle of that set that just become 10 minute exercises each. So get more, <laughs> cut, cut them out and get more <laughs> classic songs in there. Strutter, Come On and Love Me, stuff off, uh, you know, Bruce's era, just so that you do really have as many albums represented, because every album has a fan that that's their favorite sure. album, and that there's the nothing for, that there's nothing from Revenge in there um, other than no, God no. Gave Rock and Roll to You After They Turn Up the House exactly. Lights. Doesn't count. Exactly. All right, let's go yeah. on to the next quick question. You know, what are what is one of the classic or iconic kiss songs that you don't like that you would be brave? Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not difficult for Mark, of course, with <laughs> with, with Destroyer, but uh you know, Lonnie. There are two. All right. Well why don't you start while everyone else gets their thoughts together? Okay, well one that immediately jumps into my head is uh Great Expectations. I always loathe that song. I I just Ugh, just that whole, you know, Gene. I, I just never liked that song lyric, lyrically about it. I mean, the original version of it, even the original lyrics was even kind of annoying, but I just never took to that song, especially with the whole orchestration and the Bob Ezrin overproduction of that whole record. It's just, you know, just a big syrupy mess, in my opinion. And uh, I guess if I'm going to pick another one, I would say Two Timers, another song that's, you know, I guess in a classic period, but I've never liked that. I think it's a really poor attempt uh, of a song that Gene, Gene kind of just squeezed in onto a record. Wow. Well, you're going to hear from people. All right, Ken, what about you? Well, when you say classic, are you talking about just the, the classic, classic period? Are we talking original six? Or original what are we six? I, I was yeah. thinking that it was some of the more heavily identifiable songs. That's so what I love. Oh, what they're known for. The core, ca the core catalog. <clears throat> so that's how I oh. read the question. But hey, you know what? There's no rules here, Mark. So. Hey, Great Expectations is pretty known. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a real hard one. I cannot, I really cannot think of you know, the core known songs, I guess, that Kiss fans think are classic. Um, I have a hard time picking one. I really, I really do. I mean, Flaming Youth, if I'm mm -hmm. going to throw out one, Flaming Youth, I like it, but I can, I can let it go. <laughs> there you go, Mark. <laughs> um, uh, I just think, I, I just think it's, it's done well. It's pretty good. But I don't consider it a classic, in my opinion, as Kiss, Kiss classic. I, it's just one of those ones. I mean, people get excited about it because it never was, you know, really played, and they played it, you know, what a few years back. Um, 
and that was cool that they did that, but I'm not excited about it. That excited about it. I just, I don't know. I had to pick one song. That's that's the one I came up with. Good pick. <laughs> and that's why Kiss won't yeah. perform Deep Cuts because of fans like you. Well, exactly right. yeah, <laughs> it's all my fault. Thanks, Ken. Uh, oh well. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Mark Shovel and dig myself a hole here. Cold Jim is Ooh. just wow. one that right, I'm right there with you. Doesn't work for really? me. It goes on too long. It's a cool riff and it, but it's plodding. It's not very dynamic or exciting, and it, it's just one of those songs. Whenever it comes on in concert, that you just know it's going to be six to eight minutes. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, I really prefer more up tempo songs you know i i know that it's ace's song and i'm forced to hear it by ace when i go see him too so it's just one of those songs i give me come on and love me strutter that's the stuff i like and is that the beer break song cold gin is just so turgid for me cold gin is a bathroom break or a beer break yeah song. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 yeah. kind of the two beer quick whiz break, not the four beer <laughs> long hundred thousand year drum solo break. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lonnie, yours. Yeah, I'm. You you kind of stole my my pick with Cold Gin, but if I had to pick a second one, and this isn't very hot takeish like the Cold Gin one is, but I was made for loving you is is a song I could really skip to, um, especially the studio version of it. I really feel they got it right with like the way it sounds on maybe as unpopular as a live three is. I think it just sounds so much better the way they did it on a live three, as opposed to a studio version of it. Or like, if you listen to like a bootleg of like the Dodger stadium show that you went to Julian, you know, there's some good versions of that that circulate. It sounds, it sounded really good that night too. Um, but I have a hard time just wrapping my head around the, the studio version of it and the, and the disco feel of it. And it just, it, it never resonated with me. And I'm just like, I'm sure it never resonated with a lot of Kiss fans, even when it came out. But those, but Cold Gin was going to be my pick though originally. But those two are right there. Wow, well, and, they, and they play them, and they play them both on this tour. Yeah. Well, we're, we're just passing around that shovel today. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, this, let's go straight back to you for this next one, Lonnie. It's uh, so has revenge gotten better over time for you? I commented on this thread, and and what I said on the thread was like the twelve-year-old in me when it came out loves love the album just because, well, you know, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite bands. One of my favorite bands at the time. Probably, and revenge propelled me. Probably propelled Kiss, Pat's Guns N' Roses in, in 1992 at that point. For, for me anyway and you know i love the album when it came out and and it resonated with me when it came out with with songs like domino and songs like spit and i just wanna and and like the darkness of unholy and the, the, how cool take it off sounded to to a kid and when i listen to it today though i still love it i may love it even more than i did back then and you know not because the songs that have, have, have changed, obviously the songs are still the same, but I think it just it just resonates with me more. Not only are they great songs, but it but every time I listen to it, it just brings me back 
and you hear people talk about when they go to Kiss songs, it makes me feel like I'm 12 years old again. Well, maybe that album makes me feel like I'm, you know, like Paul talks about how, you know, well, there's certain songs that, you know, are snapshots of people's lives. And maybe that, maybe that album is a snapshot of my life. And it's just, it just brings me back to simpler times, you know, where I didn't have to worry about, about mortgage and, and, and my grass and, you know, my job and everything else that I, that I deal with on a daily basis. And I listen right. to revenge. It's just like, all is right with the world. So, so yeah, so maybe for the wrong reasons that other people are going to say revenge has grown with them. That's why revenge has just grown with me. And when I listen today, I love it even more than I did in 1982. No, fair enough. I'm, for me, no, I still think of it pretty much the same way. I still think that if you want a great guitar album for Kiss, that crazy nights surprisingly is its equal in terms of Bruce's work mm. on that album. I think Bruce just shines on more albums and he's given credit for shining and everyone kind of just says that revenge is his high high point mm -hmm. in the band. And I think that's deeply unfair to what he brought to the band, especially when you go back and listen to the guitar work on say crazy nights, you know, I still have the same problems with revenge that I did back in 1992. I think it just bothers me less these days. So it hasn't gotten any better for me. It's just gotten less annoying for me as I've gotten old and have just surrendered. So, Mark, revenge. Well, uh, I think you might be surprised to hear me say, it. yes, I think it has gotten better for me over time. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly that, you know, Mr. Ezrin is behind it. So you would think that, you know, it probably wouldn't get better. But you know what? I got to give credit where credit is due. The one thing that I really like about this record that has grown with me a lot more that's made it better for me is the production of it. I think he did a great job of it. It's one of my favorite Bruce Kulick guitar sounds of a record that he's done. I think his solos are absolutely on fire. I love that solo sound that he has with the wah pedal. I think it's really gnarly and crunchy, and I really love that stuff. Um, you know, of course, I, I'll say, though, that whenever I'm listening to it, like I've been listening to it, actually, funny enough, a lot of, a uh, lot more recently in on vinyl uh, downstairs. But whenever I get to uh, spit, I can't help but, you know, go to the washroom or throw in some laundry so I could skip listening to that horrendous monstrosity of a song um so but then other than that i think it's 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 good it, it's i think it's definitely improved on on my uh scale of kiss albums and again i think it's because i you know i've learned a lot more musically about things about production and stuff like that and i think bob did a good job but again i'm gonna still say it one more time as a producer shame on you bob for not filtering those crap lyrics out as a as a producer, you should be should have been on that for front and forward, and you know made sure that it didn't sound so juvenile. What, what, whoa, 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 juvenile <laughs> lyrics, and you love rock and roll over again. I know I've I know I've yelled at you before about this. You love rock and roll over. Put your hand in my pocket. Grab onto my rocket. Yeah, that was they, they were twenty some odd years old. A bunch of old men on revenge. Promise not to do that. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I knew it set him up. <laughs> <laughs> it's kids for Christ's sakes. It's all juvenile lyrics. Nothing to lose? That's so juvenile. 
Hey, Elder isn't juvenile. That's one freaking album. It's already <laughs> talking about. Stay on topic. Focus. The concept. Yeah. The concept was not to be Get juvenile. Up. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let me Ken, please. Inter- Voice interject. Of Voice of reason. Uh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I know Lon is very passionate about this album. Because he posted twice on the same subject <laughs> in the row. And Ken called me out over I called you out. But yeah, but, you know, I, I agreed with you, though, that uh, Revenge uh, you know, is a great album, of course. Um, but for me, and I'm just trying to remember, I, I was more so excited that they did such a <laughs> freaking great album when it first came out. I remember it was kind of like when Creatures came out. I was that excited that they were back again in the same way. Um, and, and so I was, man, I played that like over and over and just, you know, just kept, kept it on rotation. Um, but as time has gone by, by, I think it's about the same. I mean, it may have dropped a little bit, actually slightly. Um, wow. I don't know what it is, but I still love the, album. um, as for Julian's comments about the guitar, um, to me, they're they're both equal in guitar quality, or or you know, uh, Bruce's just you know great solos that he did on both albums. I mean, they're just great. But they're to me they're they're different styles. They're two different styles of guitar solos. It's because it's kind of the, evolved from that other type of style that was popular when crazy nights came out you know uh on the wall bar whatever he was doing um tremolo or whatever but anyway um so it was different and but whatever it is, i i mean i gave him total props for both albums because they're great solos on each one these are not guitar it's not all about the guitar solo it's about the whole freaking sound and the the problem was with uh crazy nice is just the neutered sound of that album that's why i discount that album not because of bruce bruce was great it's just the production of the album uh though they you know they kept his guitar up in that which is great i like that it's just otherwise it's kind of neutered in my opinion anything to do with the picture of paul on the back of crazy nice (laughs) Oh, I, I, we I, don't talk I about that anymore. <laughs> Sharpie, I, I colored <laughs> over that area. I, I drew, I drew in shorts. Yeah, I, 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 I drew it. Be... Colored it in. <laughs> Just a, a black but plastic bag up. around him. Yeah. No, yeah. I wish they'd uh, do a remix of Crazy Nights, but uh, you know, again, it was so kind of what was it—the Jakey e. Lee kind of school of guitar playing in the mid '80s, '85, '86, the George Lynches. They're um, all doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and then by 1990, you've got a different kind of lead guitar player who's become big, and uh, it was, of course, I guess the Slash school of guitar playing, right. more dynamic mm-hmm. attack. Yeah, a little bit more, but there's just so much attack in Bruce's guitar playing that's more evident in Revenge. Rockin' Pot is back. The annual celebration of rock returns to Nashville. This convention brings together the best rock stars, music podcasters, vinyl and memorabilia vendors, and rock fans from all corners of the globe. 
special guests include Michael Sweet of Striper, Brian Forsyth of Kicks, Jason Beeler of Saigon Kick, Erie Vaughn of Danzig, and members of Exodus, Roxy Blue, Every Mother's Nightmare, Kick Tracy, and more. Music podcasts from all over North America will be recording on-site all weekend. Special pre-party featuring the rock and roll residency, The Talisman, 8-Ball, and Lipstick Generation on Friday night. Rock and Pod Expo on Saturday. Join us at the Nashville Airport Marriott August 9th and 10th for Rock and Pod. Podcast registration and tickets and VIP packages available now at rockandpod.com. All right, let's get into um, openers for the U.S. Summer Tour. People, of course, are counting dots, and they don't see how painting <sighs> could uh, continue to be done. You know, David Garibaldi has opened up quite a few of the shows in Europe and uh, will be finishing up his run. Um, has that kind of run its course? Should they be teaming up with a band? I was throwing out some ideas of Sebastian Bach. I actually said Skid Row, but they're on tour, and Sebastian's on tour as well. But um, 30th anniversary of the debut Skid Row album, it just seemed ideal. Skid Row, of course, has opened up for Kiss with both um, Sebastian and without. So they were kind of like a, a band that I thought would be a, a great thing if additional tickets need to be sold. Ace Freely? No. Get Return of the Comet. Yes. No. <laughs> Get the Bruce Kulick band, but I'm sure he has dates with Grand Funk. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I love the music, but would it put asses in seats for the masses? No, but it'd be fun. Well, yeah, of course it'd be fun for us, you know. There might be three people who would jump off the fence because Bruce was going to be there. Uh, all right, Lonnie, give us some of your ideas. Bruce would be fun, obviously. Um, I'd like... I like the Sebastian Bach idea, but I, I know he has summer dates lined up as well. I don't know. I, I just, I have a strange feeling it's going to be, if it is a band, it's going to be a nobody band. Or, or it will just be local acts at the various cities that they play. I, as much as I'd love to, and I don't know. I mean, you, you look at if you go on Ticketmaster and look, there's quite a few empty seats for for some of these sheds. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe they do need to add a substantial, not substantial, but just just something to sweeten the pot a little bit. Highly get, credible they, band. They get people that are on the fence to say, yeah, that might be worth it. So I don't know. Um, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent was fun on the farewell tour 19 years ago. You know, people like, I mean, he's still semi. Wango you know, the tango. It's okay. A stranglehold, free for all. But I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling it'll be something. If it's, not, if it's not the painter, I have a feeling it'll be something like a, like a, <laughs> the like a puppet amphitheater or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> puppet show. Puppet amphitheater. Like, <laughs> like a little puppet amphitheater before the show. I, I don't think it's going to be anything they put the to get you excited. I really, I really truly don't. I, I'd love it if it was something decent, but I, I just don't think so. Well, on, on that note of positivity, Sorry. let's move on to Sorry. Mark. Mark, cheer us up with some ideas here. 
<laughs> well, it's funny we were talking about the whole Sebastian Vox thing because I remember when he put a posting up about trying to, you know, fire up the guys to come on, let's give it a shot and get back together again, you know, the whole 30th anniversary. I thought that would have been a fantastic idea for a band to to bring on tour with them because, you know, that would have that would bring in a lot of people mainly because of the fact that I think lots of people want to see a reformed Skid Row. Maybe not as popular as Kiss, obviously, but you know just enough that they would probably kill all those empty seats that Ken was talking about just now, right? Um, you know, and, and another thing when Lonnie was talking about you know um, maybe bringing a more substantial act might help. You know, and everybody's saying you know Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. Well, what would it be like if they did a joint tour with Grand Funk? Kiss and Grand Funk, you know, maybe that might be something to think about, you know, you know, the American band, you know, with Kiss, you know, and maybe that might be a thing like a, you know, you know what I mean? Because they did it, they did it before, and, and I'm kind of on this whole kick with this kind of idea because I just came back from seeing a show where they did something similar to that whole Yes Royal Affair tour where it was Yes Asia, Carl Palmer and and Moody Blues there, so and you know, and they, it was a great show. And I mean, they all kind of related to one another in one way or another. And so the audiences really cross-pollinated nicely. So, I, you know, maybe a band like Grand Funk, the audience would cross-pollinate. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know enough about Grand Funk to be sure about that. But, you know, there's there's an idea. Yeah, classic rock. And we're an American band and versus we're an American band who sold the most gold records ever. <laughs> Sorry, I had to go there. Ken. Well, it's kind of hard to find someone. I was thinking, you know, getting, trying to get, uh, it doesn't have to be a steady band throughout the tour. Uh, If they could somehow finagle bands where they're going to play that are popular or more popular city or area general area of the state or city whatever um so i was thinking for instance like oakland that show we're going to in september something like y&t open for kiss you know he really doesn't like y&t but you know something like that uh some other well yeah kiss have metallica no um that wouldn't ever happen obviously um but or some other i i guess uh, otherwise it'd be kind of throwaway bands maybe they maybe they don't need anybody open maybe that's the thing i mean they had the painter uh they can have like someone said a sculptor (laughs) but uh, i mean it's like let's the next i don't know art thing maybe like one of those guys that like has like the chainsaws and like and like makes like ice carvers of, of ice, right, or ice, ice an ice carver, ice or like, carver. The chainsaws, like a piece of wood and make something out of that mm. a holographic yeah, bob ross <laughs> a holographic yeah bob ross uh, do you remember him oh, God, happy, happy happy little happy little trees i yeah. love bob happy ross yeah. oh god I, I don't know it's a it's a it's a just tough one wow. at this at this juncture <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't... Here, here's two more ideas. One I threw out on the thread was uh, Wasp. 
30th anniversary of Headless Cross. Oh, no, that's yeah. uh, Tony Martin was 30th anniversary of uh, Headless Cross. And uh, it's the yeah. Headless Children, of course, for Wasp. Yeah. But uh, probably not. One which I'm stunned that I didn't think of was uh, Slaughter. It's a, yeah. it, 1990 was the release of Stick It To You, and of course uh, they could have simply come come on stage and open up the tour by performing All Systems Go in its entirety. Wow! Mark, Damn, Gina. And Mark's already got Gina's the guitar. Home. Yeah, Mark's got the guitar, and he can obviously play it. So uh, yeah, no, Slaughter, Slaughter would be fun, and obviously they have opened for the band before in 1990, but uh, you know they don't do a whole lot of shows these days. I don't believe so. Just no Vince Neil, no no more Buck Cherry. Um, no. Yeah, but I, I again, it depends. Do they need someone? I just don't like local acts tremendously. Neither do I. Or bands like Saliva. Oh boy. Who I did enjoy, but Papa they Roach. They were bad. No three when they opened. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's tough because again the stage now that we have a better idea of what it's like outdoors so we have a a good idea that it's going to be adapted into the sheds in the u.s in a similar manner to that which has been done outdoors in europe maybe with one or two changes who knows uh it doesn't leave a lot of space for you to be able to have a valid second act i mean if you see the pictures from some of the festivals which are obviously their own case anyway uh with the big kiss stuff behind you performing a lot of bands diamond (laughs) what doing all of abigail that'd be amazing grandma they can they can share the stage you know you can you can put like holographic castles behind them and stuff come on be amazing King, and plus, Gene and you know the King—they don't get along too well because he sued King Diamond for his makeup, saying it was too similar to his. Yes, yeah, so I'm sure they're going to be the band that opens. Well, there you go. Maybe, maybe as part of the payment to Gene, you know, they they can open for free. Yeah, and and instead, do Merciful Fate. Don't break the oath. Whole album. Oh, there you go. Start to finish. Yes, that that yeah. that I'd be down for. All right, so. Um, I think we're we're not going to reach into the deeper one. We'll have to revisit that maybe next week. Uh, so I think let's just do one more of these quick takes and call that a show for this week. Um, Eddie Kramer, Post Alive, a letdown. Was the Post Alive era a letdown when you take into account his production of what was a great live album and then kind of the decline in production on Rock and Roll Over and particularly Love Gun. Yeah, so this, again, it's a thread. And what are you talking about? I'm not talking about anything. I'm simply reading the shit. I'm trying to figure out how the post-Alive era could be seen as a letdown. Uh, But there you go. What are your thoughts on that, Ken, other than... No. No. Oh. Uh, Rock and Roll Over... um... I love production on that. So that's not a letdown. I mean, that's about the best you can do in a studio without being live. Um, (laughs) I mean, they tried to replicate, you know, by recording in that theater um, to create some kind of live environment in order to get that sound. Um, But yeah, that's, I mean, to me, it sounds great. I've always loved the rawness of it uh, and the crunch 
Um, it's just always been good for me. I mean, obviously, I think uh, Love Gun got a little bit too polished, um, but I think it, it was maybe a pressure of trying to fit in with uh, the trends of the sound that were being coming out at that same time. Again, the the I don't know Boston's Foreigners, whatever other bands like that. Um, that had that kind of a more of a polished sound. Um, so I think that was it there. Um, but if you go to then onward to Ace Frehley's solo album, that, is a, that might be the perfect sound, really, over Rock and Roll Over. Uh, it's like a step up Rock and Roll Over, I think. Um, I think that would have been the Kiss sound, should have been the Kiss sound, um, maybe going forward. Uh, so I, I don't see any decline, uh, even, you know, I don't know what else other bands he produced around the time. I know he did, but I, I can't compare it. I'm like, I pick to kiss. So, um, I say no decline. Agreed. I don't see a decline. Obviously rock and roll over is about as far away from destroyer as you can get. And very close to what was the sound of the out, you know, the band on a live Love Gun, of course, was more polished, but they bounce back alive too. Is fantastic sounding the studio side yeah. of that. Yeah. So um, I don't see anything sure. with what what was being discussed there, Mark. Yeah, I totally agree with everything that was said. I mean, what 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 they were trying to think of, I'm not too sure. But I mean, if he was maybe only talking about post alive live albums, well, yeah, maybe a live two wasn't as good as a live, and maybe a live three wasn't as good as yeah. a live one right i mean his production although eddie kramer's vows that he had very little to do with that that gene and paul pretty much overtook the uh, production of that so no no blame given to eddie for that but you know rock and roll over is the best kiss album hands down i mean there's no getting around it. i mean he, he did a fantastic job on that so there's no let down there love gun is very good too I, i've always loved that album i mean yeah it is a little bit more polished but you know it's, it's not too bad it's not like a nevison job or anything like that right so um but other than that i think that everything that he's done with them is good and i and i totally agree with you that ace freely's record is really well done really well done and sounds fantastic so i think that if anything eddie kramer should have been kept around a lot longer than he did for production of kiss records yep agreed all right. Who else? Lonnie. No, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a ridiculous thread. I'm, I'm sorry to whoever posted it, but it's kind of a ridiculous thread, in my opinion. I mean, in my opinion, other than Revenge, Rock and Roll Over is the best sounding Kiss studio record that there is. Yeah, Love Gun sounds polished, but it's still... Love Gun it still sounds. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like rock and roll over, but it still sounds pretty damn good. It's still Love Gun. I mean, for God's sakes. <laughs> exactly. It's my yeah. point. Exactly. It doesn't sound like like rock and roll over, but it sounds pretty damn good. And in my opinion, Kiss really made a mistake by. And I know why they made Vinny Poncia the you know the producer of Dynasty, but how much better could have Dynasty? And not that I don't. Not that I dislike the sound of Dynasty, but what would have Dynasty sounded like? had Eddie Kramer produced it. 
I mean, that's a that's a topic for another show, I guess. But um, but back to the original question. No, gosh, no. I mean, Eddie Kramer should have continued to be Kiss Kiss's producer ongoing because he captured that Kiss sound that was missing. I mean, granted, Destroyer, they went a different direction with Bob Ezrin, you know, Mark, whatever, think of it as you may. But it's but it's the sound that they were trying. It's the really sound that they were trying to capture in the studio for the first three studio, the first three studio records. And then Eddie got it right on Kiss Alive. They went they went with Ezrin for Destroyer. They went back to Eddie for Rock and Roll Over and they should have stuck with him if because he found it. So. Post Alive, Eddie Kramer letdown? Absolutely not. Should have stuck with him because he was doing a great job of capturing that live kiss sound. I mean, he even captured the captured them perfectly at the very beginning too with the demo. I mean, yeah, the demo sure. those sound so much, those sound so much better than most. Yeah. Than, I like those better than what's on the original album. So, yeah. You know, here, here we are. We're able to take a thread that I knew was going to be kind of laughed at uh, without insulting the people who participated and discussed it. I mean, that, that was just kind of the point that, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> but, <laughs> you, you know, I, I kind of get what they they were talking about, but totally just disagree mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, kind of where it was. All right. Let's leave that there this week. Rather, I don't want to go into what would have been the kind of the main course of uh, these topics, because it would just take us well over another half hour to kind of discuss. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to come back to that part of it. But, you know, for all these short takes that we've talked about today, you know, what do you think? You know, what's your take on, you know, songs that uh, are sick of seeing in the set or the iconic Kiss songs that you don't like. I mean, get yourself a shovel. Um, you know, revenge has it grown for you or not? And openers for the summer tour. I mean, if you're really down with a puppet show or some <laughs> ice sculpting, you know, let us know if you if you've got a better one. I mean, maybe some cooking on stage or Gallagher, uh, stand up comedy. Gallagher. Um, you know, get, get the sledgematic out. Um, you know, let us know what you you think about all these topics that we've talked today, and uh, tell us the things that we missed and uh, probably should have covered, because uh, we do like talking to you as well about your thoughts on these episodes. Watermelons. Watermelons. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. All right, for now, from Mark, from Ken, from Lonnie, and myself. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now.